generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Deuteronomy chapter 32. I'm not even going to teach. I'll just preach. Is that okay? Do you remember that too? We're going to read from verse 8 through, uh, okay, yeah. 32, 8 to quite a long one, to 15. And then we'll go to Isaiah 40, which most of us know. Even if you can't quote it verbatim, you know what Isaiah 40, 27 to 31 says. Deuteronomy 32 might be a bit more obscure. That means that you might not have heard it before, but it's really going to help us. If you're in Deuteronomy 32, can you say, I am there? Verse 8 says, When the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, look at somebody, say you are separated. I wonder why we find it difficult to move in a direction that might be different from what we're familiar with because the word makes it clear that God himself, number one, he divides inheritances and God himself separates sons. God separates that. Sometimes we hold on to people and things for longer than we should. He said he sets the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the children of Israel. Verse 9, I love it. One of my favorite portions of the Bible. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the place. Can I preach a little bit? Look at somebody say the Lord's portion is his people. That means that God looked at the entire universe. He saw stars. He didn't choose stars. He saw mountains. He didn't go for mountains. He saw the valleys. He saw the cliffs and the hills. He saw the barracuda in the belly of the fish. The whales, the shark, the sniper, the tilapia, the agile song. The agile song. The agile song. God didn't choose all of that stuff. The rhinos, the rhinoceros, the Tommy, the T-Rex, the dinosaurs. The Bible says that God looked at the entire earth. And when he was going to choose something, he does not choose the vast vaults of gold or the reserves of diamond. But he chose you. Look at somebody said there is something about you, something about you, something about you, girl. Slap somebody high five and say there's something about you. God looked at Mars and said not you. God looked at Saturn and said not you. God looked at Pluto and said not you. God looked at Tommy. Uh, what other planets do you have? Pardon? Venus and said not you. But God looked at one girl called Toju. Oluwatima said you are the place of my habitation. You better call your name right now. He said I'm going to choose you above planets, above treasures of the earth because there is something about you. You may look awkward and grotesque, unusual and uncomfortable. You may look like you're an oddity but God chose you. Do you remember when we used to uh, divide food as little children when we were growing up? They would give you food and then somebody had to divide it. How many of you were the dividers? How many of you were the divided? Usually the first one would be the person to divide. And the person who caught big, you see corruption started from African families. <laughs> Press. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Or sometimes they will keep a portion aside. Now how about, there's a story, should I tell you a story? How about when it came to meat, pieces of meat in a bowl? While some people are praying and blessing the food, others are already possessing their possessions. Laying hands, impartation. Anybody experience that? Just take the big meat. We wanted the best portion. Now, if God is the wisest being, the wisest individual, and he chooses you, that means you must start seeing yourself as God's choice. If the wisest person has chosen me, I'm good for anybody. Some of y'all didn't hear what I just said. 
Somebody say, I am good anywhere. Tell the person, I will have dominion anyhow. Look at that person and say, I will be confident before any Kenny. Vicky says, the Lord's portion is his people. I remember when we were growing up, we grew up in a very lovely place. Some of you have been, a few of you have been to my house either long ago on one of my ministry trips recently. And whenever I'm going towards Southwest and I have to pass through, but I, I get to pass through. So, you know, there's a lot of vegetation and stuff around the place. So we used to have a lot of mango trees in my compound and outside of the compound. And I remember one of those days, we went to fetch water, we went to fetch water because there's no water, pipe on water in my house at that particular time. Or that the water was not working. So we went to somebody's house who had borehole, went to fetch water, and then there was a mango tree. My brother did his best. He stirred up and channeled his inner Tarzan and climbed trees like he went up the tree, you know. It wasn't even the fruit of the spirit he was going to pluck, but he invested heavily. <laughs> How many of you are grateful that you don't have to climb trees to pluck the fruit of the spirit? Somebody's mouth is open. <laughs> yeah. So he plucked some trees, sorry, plucked some fruits. Some of the mango fruits were nice. Some, you know, there's a fresh mango fruit that looks anointed. Now, some are fresh and small, some are fresh and big. Some are somehow, some have lakba lakba and all of those things. So there was one that was fresh and big. It was the choice fruit. Choice fruit. Man, this, this guy doesn't know Pasagiri and choice souls and all, but, but it was, was the choice fruit. And my brother hid that one at the bottom of the bucket of water, which was in a barrel that he was pushing. So there were other fruits around, other you know, mango fruits and stuff in the bucket and around. As we were heading home, there was one man from our church at the time. Look at your neighbor, say, don't be that man, don't be that man walking down the road so we saw him say, so the guy came and said ah Rosemary, how are you that's my brother's name how are you I, i'm fine sir. i'm fine sir oh daddy where's daddy where's mommy so they're not at home sir he said it's fine all along while he was greeting normally if you're greeting somebody you're looking into their face but this guy was sort of like spying and it was very very tall so he could spy inside oh well, see around <laughs> was looking into the the bucket of of stuff i said ah ekushel ekushel I can see mangoes. So the man went all the way, dunked in, and found the freshest. I still remember the guy's name. The guy said, when they come back, tell them, eh, Uncle, Uncle, Uncle Miracle. He took the choices. When God looked at the mango of humanity, Guess who we picked? The Bible says he chose us in himself from before the foundations of the world. Look at somebody say, I am chosen by God. Shout aloud and say, I'm chosen by God. Some of you are not shouting aloud. Shout aloud and say, I'm chosen. I said, Jacob is the place of his inheritance. So look at this. God is looking at Jacob and God doesn't see Jacob as a person. He sees Jacob as a place. Look at somebody say, I'm a place. I'm a mobile place. As I'm going around, there are nations in me. There are geographical spaces in me. There are oil wells in me. There are vaults in me. There are domains in me. There are realms in me. There are dimensions in me. Things can be arranged in me. I am a place. Notice it does not call Israel the place because you would have thought it was talking about the country. He called Jacob the place. In other words, Jacob was lying, but you're still my place. Come on. Jacob was a supplanter, but you're still my place. Jacob was acting like he was not a part of the covenant, but you're still my place it does not matter what's going on in your life right now but you feel like a hypocrite and a pretender but God wants me to tell you you are God's place Jacob is the place Jacob is the place some of you the wealth of nations has been deposited in you one idea will change everything Oh, that person is not here. 
Instead of found him in a desert land and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness, he encircled him, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle, this is where I'm actually going, stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. So the Lord alone led him and there was no foreign God with him. Verse 13, he made him ride in the heights of the earth that he might eat the produce of the field. This sounds antithetical because if you're going to eat the produce of the field, why not go to the field? Why make him ride on the high places? Because like Uncle Miracle, God wants you to have a vantage point. Do you know that God lifts you on the wings of re revelation before you have food to match a revelation? Some of y'all didn't hear what I just said. God gives you exposure to a level you haven't walked into. So people see you hanging around people on that level and they say, ah, but boy, Lowell. In other words, this guy has money. But God brings you into certain circles so that he can whet your appetites and stimulate your palate. So that you can get the best. Because without that exposure, you would think I'm just one of the other people. I'm just like everybody else. I'm just like everybody from a broken home. I'm just like everybody else who grew up without their father, without their mother. I'm just like everybody else. But it says that God took him on a mentorship program and took him up to a high place and it carried him on his wings and it led him, it says, to eat, on the, led him to ride upon the high place of the earth that he might eat the produce of the field and made him draw honey from the rock and oil from the flinty rock, curds from the cattle and milk of the flock with fat of lambs and rams of the breed of Bashan and goats with the choicest sweet and you drank wine and blood of the grapes. Verse 15. But Jeshurun grew fat and then what happened? Kicked. You grew fat. You grew thick. That's what my version says. You are come on look in your Bible. This one says you are covered with kuruki. <laughs> you are covered with fatness. Then you forsook the God of me. Let me preach a little bit. God says, I took you up. I exposed you. I took you up the mountain. I gave you revelation. I gave you perspective and all of that. And I gave you the finest food, the finest wheat, the finest wine, the finest flock and stuff. All the things that everybody will pray for. And the problem was that you felt that the food was the point of the food. You felt eating was the end point of feeding. You saw yourself as the end point. You saw yourself as the ultimate end and so you became fat. You didn't understand that the reason I took you up the mountain and I spread my wings was to show you your potential. That the same way I took you on a flight on my wings, some other person needs to fly on your wings. No testimony was designed to end with you. Every testimony in your life is supposed to inspire testimonies in other people's lives. Whatever God does for you, he wants to do in you, through you, with you, for somebody else. So when I took you, God told you that recently? This one, you see, all these are my friends, witchcraft, spiritual. The last time he knew what I was preaching. Now, let's stretch our hands towards them. That's amazing. That's amazing. So whatever God does for you is so that God can do it with you. God said to Moses, I have made you a God unto Pharaoh. Stop begging people you were designed to deliver. God said to Moses, you see the burning bush, the bush that has fire and is not consumed. You throw your rod on the floor, it becomes a snake. You pick it up, it becomes a rod. You put your hand in your bosom, it becomes leprous. You 
bring it out. It, it becomes healed. They put it back. Look at God is saying, I'm not just demonstrating for demonstrating sake. If I healed you, I can heal people through you. If I lifted you, I can lift people through you. If I helped you, I can help people through you. If I blessed you, I can bless people through you. Whatever I've done for you, I want to do with you. You were just a sign. That's why the Bible says, I am the children the Lord has given me are for signs and for wonders. What do signs do? Signs point the way. That means people look at your life and they see the point of their lives. They look at your life and they see what's possible in their lives. But I thank God I'm not just a sign because signs don't move. Signs stand still. I'm also a wonder. So as I'm pointing the way, I'm also moving myself. As I'm showing the way, God is also doing mighty things in my life. So I am a wonderful sign and a significant wonder. Slap somebody high five. Tell them you look like a sign. You look like a wonder. You look like a wonder. What does a wonder mean? A wonder means that when they look at you, they will say, wonder, 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 wonder. They will look at your life and say, how can you come out of a broken home and you turn down gray? How can you come out with a third class and live a first class life? How can you come out with a damage to your body or your health or reputation when your life is so arranged by God? Your life is going to be a mystery in motion and unfold in wonder of God's goodness you are coming into a place where when people read your story hear the things about your life they will go who am I preaching to right now God is turning your life into a wonder slap somebody a high five say I'm a wonder I'm a wonder I'm a wonder I didn't do it to impress you when I gave you a car that you didn't pay for I didn't do it to impress you when I gave you a car that cost you about a million, narrow or less, like he showed me the car we got, I didn't have to pay as much. <laughs> when I do that for you, it's so that I can do it through you. When I give you a phone, it's because I want to know that very soon you'll be able to buy somebody another phone without breaking a sweat. God did not design it to end with you. But what we do, God feeds us, then we begin to get fat. Look at somebody, say the food is not for the feeling. Tell the person the food is for the flight. How many of you know some people eat until they can't stand up from the table? Double O. Bolo. That's how many believers are. If you combine the spiritual quotients of the messages preached by pastors in Nigeria in one week and you translate it to light, Nigeria will power the entire earth. But there's a lot of ingestion without digestion. And we are a mystical generation. Pastor, teach me something else. Let me tell you something. Why are you, why are you tired of the old message? Now, you, you're privileged to have a very dynamic pastor, so I don't even repeat messages, and I, and I preach different messages in the two services every Sunday. But listen, there is nothing wrong with you preaching an old message. Do you know why? How many times have you eaten Eba this month? How many times have you eaten rice this month? Let me open your bomb bomb. How many times have you eaten Indomie this month? The same Indomie. If the life of God is still in it, preach it. If the power of God is still in it, preach it. If the grace of God, stay with the same word until the word becomes flesh. Because people in the quest to say something new have dog revelations that came from demons. Jishuron has become fat. Jesus explained Matthew 13. He said, these people, their hearts have waxed gross. He says, their hearts are covered with fat. 
Jesus is explaining what happened here. Deuteronomy 32. That Jeshurun was supposed to be an eaglet that will fly. But an eaglet that is bolosious cannot fly. The eaglet now looks like an ostrich. The fact that your stomach is big does not mean your body is healthy. It could be kwashioko. The size of the stomach has nothing to do with the quality of digestion. I can quote hundred scriptures. Do you know the word? Because the scriptures are not the word. You said the scriptures because you think in them. You have eternal life, John 7, 36 to 37. But they are they will testify of me. Can I talk to somebody? The scriptures are the prescription. Jesus is the drug. When you go to the hospital, the pharmacist writes out a prescription. Can I get a clean sheet of paper, right? Clean sheet of paper, anybody? Clean sheet of paper. Clean, 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 clean sheet of paper. Clean, clean. Thank you very much. Look at this. The, the pharmacist writes, and you know, pharmacists write in tongues. Actually, more like doctors, really. They write in tongues. When the doctor writes the prescription, is this what you do? Is that what you do? Talk to me, guys. Do you know what you do? You take that prescription to the pharmacist and the pharmacist gives you the in that equation is a weak illustration but to suffice the doctor is the father the pharmacist is the Holy Ghost and the drug is Jesus so the word from the father without the interpretation from the Holy Spirit will not produce Jesus on your inside and there is a generation that knows the Greek and knows the Hebrew but they don't know the Rhema or the Logos there's a generation that can design a temple but they have not become the temple oh come and somebody help me there is a generation of people who are tickled by doctrine but they don't to fellowship in spirit and in truth look at somebody tell him don't eat the paper slap somebody high five so don't, don't eat the paper you've been eating the paper for too long you look awkward you look out of place you look out of turn you've been eating the paper you've been trying to use your logic your mind your mental construct to understand and configure what's going on but Jesus said the words that I speak to you they are spirits and they are life the natural man understands not the things of the spirit because they are foolishness unto him he cannot understand them neither does he know them but he said I have not seen, you have not heard it has not entered into the heart of a man what God has prepared but God has revealed all things to us by the spirits he said the doctor can write the deoxyribonucleic da, 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 da. you don't need that when you go to the pharmacy you just presented the pharmacist will now give you the tablets I don't need to know the chemical composition I don't need to know the nutritional distribution I don't need to know seven aminitical implications symptoms or the other I just need to eat the drug if you analyze the food without eating it you'll still be hungry Jeshurun 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 shoes but you can run so Jeshurun a generation of Jeshurun some people call themselves the Joshua generation actually the Jeshurun generation because they are not walking nothing the food is not for the feeling feeling as an F double E Double E L I N G, and it's not for the F I double L I N G. Ah, I'm full. I'm full. Is it not like that? It's for the flight. 
So the first thing that we must do with the food is that we must walk it out. Walk with the word. The word says in 2 Corinthians 5 or 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. Now how many of you know that the food you can see has not, as in if you can still see the food, you, there's no benefit. Because the food that you can see is still external. But the food that you've internalized has become a part of you. And therefore you can walk with that food. That's why walking with God's word is an act of faith. Because the prophecy and the promise came as a flash and a picture, a lovely revelation to you when you meditated and studied the word of God. But when you are in the grind of things, you just have to trust and take the next step. Look at somebody say, take the next step. What are we supposed to walk in? Walk in the word. Walk in the ways of the Lord. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Proverbs 4, that's Psalm 119 verse 105. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18, most of us know that. It says, the path of the just is what? Like the shining light that shines. But do you know that even though the path of the just is like the light that shines brighter and brighter, if the just does not walk in the path, he won't experience the increase in brightness. Because it's the path that is brighter. That's how come at a point in your life you are taking exactly the same steps where you're getting better results. <laughs> Let us sing. You're wondering, I've been fasting the way I've been fasting before. I've been given the way I've been given before. But what has changed is that you are at a brighter part of your path. This is why there is futility in comparison. Because you are comparing your 10 meter journey with somebody who's been doing it for 10,000 miles. Come on somebody, stop comparing yourself. Your time is going to come. In fact, let me not say your time is going to come. You will come to your time. They're in a different part of the journey. And do you know the good thing about starting later sometimes? Technology improves. So by the time you've traveled as long as they've traveled, there is more infrastructure to project your voice. When Paul wrote his letters, it took days for him to reach Antioch and Athens. When I write my posts on Instagram, within a few seconds, he said, many nations, come on somebody, he said, many nations of the world. That means that with the passage of time, God is building infrastructure. Look at somebody said, don't feel behind, bad. Tell the person you're not behind, you're not behind. Just walk. What does it mean to walk? Don't stand where you've been. That's what it means to walk. Take a step. Look at somebody say, God loves you. Tell the person, take a step. Tell that person, step in the name of love. Some of y'all don't know that, it's okay. All I know is that if I could turn back the hands of time. <laughs> Look at somebody say, keep on walking. How did Enoch go to another plane? The word says, Enoch loved God. Is that what it says? You can love God and still be stagnant. If you don't take the steps. Uh -huh. um, he used to do this for me many, many, many years. And it was a madhouse. Um, the word says Enoch walked with God and he was not. Many of us want to get to he was not without walking. God cannot trust you with flight if he does not test you with walking. 
God will not trust you with an aircraft if you are not faithful with a bicycle. God will not trust you with a mountain top if he has not seen the way you carry yourself at the bottom. Why? Because if you carry yourself carelessly at the bottom and you fall, then he knows what to correct. But if you are careless and you fall from the mountain top, it's going to be hazardous. Some believers have been protected from promotion. Let it sink. Because promotion will crush you if you are not ready for it. Walk by faith. How do you walk? We preach a message. Find an action point and walk with it this week. This is my action point. It becomes your personal prophecy. And the Holy Spirit will begin to expand. You know, some people will be, no, may I have my, my personal word. Why would God invest in preachers if there was nothing for them to expose to you? Why would God disrupt preachers' lives? In some cases, stop them from using their certificates after five, six, seven years. In some cases, uproot them from one country to another. In some cases, their families disown them. Why would God do that? Because the word says in Jeremiah 3 verse 15, he said, I will give you shepherds after my heart who will feed you with wisdom and knowledge. So every message is faith food. And let me tell you, sometimes in the kitchen, it's costly. Because when you're eating the pounded yam, you don't know that the person that pounded it had a splinter that led to Whitlow. This food is too salty. Look at somebody say it's costly in the kitchen. Every pastor who feeds people progressively spends time in the kitchen. I know it's a microwave generation, so many preachers they microwave other people's. <laughs> they just scoop, 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 scoop. I can count the number of times my posts have been remixed. In fact, some people don't even remix it. They just delete your name. Then they rebroadcast it until it gets to you. Pastor <laughs> Jerry told me about a, a very major preacher in America whose PA sent one of my write-ups to him. Yeah? So, ah, this is my friend's post. He's the person that wrote. I'll tell you the, the preacher later. <laughs> But I mean, the word of God is preached, right? Oh, come on. The word of God, that's what Paul said. doesn't matter. The word of God is, do you know that if somebody gives you good food and even lies, as it was the person that cooked it, it will not take away from the nutrition. The food won't get stuck. You are eating a liar's food. Liar, liar, liar's food. Doesn't happen. Somebody say, walk with it. To walk with the word means you are willing to shift your position because of your revelation. You have not walked if you haven't shifted position. If you are still thinking the way you were thinking before you heard the message, or you are still leaving, still good to see you, man. You're still leaving that way, you have not shifted. The word of God has to shift you. Look at your neighbor say control shift. Look at someone say dress. <laughs> Number two, I gotta move. Number two, see my watch is lying. See, this is how I don't know time has gone. Well, what's the time? No. 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 By my watch. By my watch. By my watch. Oh, they'll say against my friends. What time is it? That was the anointing was so intense, time froze. <laughs> okay, I have six minutes. Okay, I have a timer there. I was telling, you know, I preached in Nerua yesterday. Don't uh, uh, <laughs> let me give you the food. But I, I told the preacher something, and the preacher rewalked. I said, well done, preachers, you can't catch them. They will just spin it around. But really, time didn't freeze, but. So number two, run. Somebody say run. So the first response of the word, Jeshurun, is you need to start walking. 
even when you feel spiritually obese staying obese does not stop you from being obese when you're obese get on an exercise program a regimen and walk take steps you might not be able to pray for two hours straight the way you used to but you can pray 15 minutes every day you can pray 10 minutes you might not be able to read a whole episode but can you read a chapter do something take steps walk number two run how do you run to run means to increase the pace the regularity the frequency of the walk so you know you can walk like this can I have three people let's walk at different paces I'm gonna be the awkward person walking but just walk walk like a really really gentle uh, posh babe one stone saying I got a real posh a real posh walk like like a regular person not posh just normal person walk you can walk anyhow. Let, let's let's go. Let's go. All of us. Let's go. Let's go. Listen to that. Even in your walking, there can be differentiation. Depending on the size of the steps you're taking. What does that represent? Your risk quotient. Simple play it safe with God. Others take big steps and they cover more ground Paul said I'm the least of the apostles yet he did more than all of them he never saw Jesus physically but after he left we've not stopped seeing Jesus through his writings number two you've got to walk so let's still walk but just everybody just walk normally you're going to jog and I'm going to run let's go in a short time some of us have been walking all our lives and God says your walking was not the end point. It was to stabilize your feet so you can learn to run. And for some of us, the reason some trouble came into our lives was that God knew that we would never run until trouble shows up. <laughs> can I preach this a little bit? I know I've been loud this morning, but look at somebody says it's about to get louder, it's about to get louder, it's about to get louder. That some people will tell you, I'm a gentle lady, I'm a gentle man, I'm a gentle man, you alone, man. But they know that if a real lion comes against you, all of a sudden, your gentility and your gentleness and your passionness and your suave disposition will fall apart and you begin to run. Can I announce to somebody, God is getting ready to raise some trouble in your life so that you will know that it's time to run. Why does God want you to run? There are souls to save. There are people who will die if you didn't show up on time. Somebody has a destiny accident and your ministry, your mandate, your calling, your power is what is going to fix it. So if God's going to rock your body, rock your body. If God's going to rock your structure, he'll rock your structure. Jonah, Jonah, if God has assigned a whale to swallow you, the whale will swallow you and deliver you at the right port for your assignment. I can't run. I'm doing my best. Let the lion be unleashed. Somebody say, Lord, unleash the lion. <laughs> so I was like, no, please. Oh. At least I didn't say dragon. <laughs> you have enough? That lion's already broken. You need to tell me. Rosa Keys. You get what I'm saying? You know the lions? Lion. When the lion is unleashed, then the person who's acting like a puppy, who's acting like a chilled guy, all of a sudden you remember, I am of the tribe of the lion of Judah. Run. What are the marks of running? You gotta throw away every weight. Some things you could carry when you were walking. When it's time to run, you gotta fling it off. 
Mark says that when it was that Jesus was coming out of Jerusalem, was leaving, and blind Bartimaeus, he couldn't see, but he heard the loudness of the voice and knew that there was something being stirred in the atmosphere. Perhaps he could smell the eeriness of the dust rising from the stampede of the crowd. And I said, what's happening there? They said, it's Jesus of Nazareth. He's the son of David. Have mercy on me. But do you know that the shout was not what got him the miracle? The word says the people shouted him down and said, keep quiet. People can shut you down, but they can't stop you from running. The Bible says, and when Jesus paid attention to him, he threw away his garments, his beggar's garment, and he ran to Jesus. There is a time in your life where the garment that used to comfort you becomes the garment that now limits you. And you gotta learn when to take that garment away. Slap somebody a high five and say, throw that garment away. Throw that garment away. Throw that garment away. Throw that garment away. Because it's time to run. Do you know there's a difference? There is a reason athletes don't run in Agbada. There is a reason they don't run in Max's skirts. There is a reason they don't wear their ripped jeans. They run in tights. In other words, when you're running, everything on you has to align with the vision. Everything on you has to stick with your identity. Everything about you needs to be compliant to what God is saying. And there are those of us who want to run. Come, come guys. But you got too many people around here. You got too many people around here. And you're trying to cater to everybody. Let me tell you what. You cannot win the Olympics with a crowd. You can't win the Olympics with a crowd. You've got to find your lane and find your spot and focus. Focus your attention and run in a race. They don't even look at the people beside them. That's how you know once you start comparing, you're distracted. You're running. The wind velocity is being broken by every turn. So the momentum you ought to gather by fixing your focus, you're losing it by being a ceiling fan. Paul didn't say we have run our race. He said who? Didn't he have any ministry helpers? Go and read Romans 16. Long people that helped Paul. Some of them left him, but a lot of them were very good to him. Many people. There's no ministry that is supported by just one person. Even the Holy Spirit will not reveal the fullness of Christ to you from one teacher. So we all come. But when he had finished, he said, I. In other words, in other words, well done. Keep on doing me. By the way, don't think that it's death that must terminate your assignment. Paul was alive. He said, I'm finished. I'm a spiritual siesta. Jesus said, I've done what you sent me to do. That means you can finish your work on time. It is like this. In primary school, was it when the invigilator said exam over that people finished? Some people finished their exams and they were chilling. You will finish. One billion souls will reach. I said we will reach one million souls. November 23rd, 2036. We will finish one billion souls. That's 17 years and 7 months from now. We're going to run. We're going to run. We're going to run. And finally says fly. So in running, lay aside every weight and the sin that doth easily beset you. That's how you run. You don't just take steps. You lay, you drop things. You drop things. You drop things. Running requires redefinition. And when you're faithful in running, like a plane on the tarmac, at some point you're going to begin to fly. Somebody's about to fly. Kings, we're about to fly. Somebody shot him flying now. So God says to Jeshurun, you kicked against your maker because you were too full. Too full. So when we raise environment where people eat a lot, but they don't walk out what they eat, they'll start kicking against the feeders. Because you're too full. 
But if you are full and then you are given the assignment to start cooking, you will know that. You know, somebody once said to me, is that what do pastors even do? Is it not just to read one Bible story and come and tell us? <laughs> That's what the guy said. When you feel the heat of the kitchen, when you're slashing the yam and you cut yourself in the process, when people walk into your kitchen and say, I like your yam and stew, they don't know what they're calling stew is your blood. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking, you, you, you get that. Vicky, you say, this is how all you sing is. It's not just to open your mouth and be singing. Open your mouth. Let's hear. <laughs> but the thing about God is that he does not change. So the same way, the word says, the same way that, I'm on extra time right now, but I'm not going to take that long, don't worry. The same way he learned or he taught Jeshurun how to fly. How did he teach him how to fly? He said he scattered its nest. He stirred up its nest to make it uncomfortable because the nest is made out of twigs and sharp objects and some padding here and there. So if it scatters it, Jeshurun, the eaglet, will not be able to rest. God will stir up Jeshurun again whose fat is the same thing. God will stir you up again. In other words, he will scatter your comfort space. Because if you don't learn by hearing, you will learn by feeling the pain. But you've got to learn. Because your heaven's choice, your heaven's investment, you've been chosen for this, so you will do this. You've, somebody needs to hear that. You've been chosen for this. And you will. So God will stir it up again. Then God will lift you up again. And God will teach you how to fly. And as you begin to fumble. You know a part of learning to fly is fumbling. And some people because of the fear of fumbling never learn to fly. They never learn to fly. They just stay coded. And they remain a secret. You are not in the secret place to remain a secret. You are in the secret place to discover secrets that will help you secrete the secrets you got in the secret place. So God will stir up your nest. Somebody say, stir up my nest, oh God. Simple like heart, all these prayer points. Stir up the nest so that you can learn to fly. All of a sudden, Jeshurun begins to fumble like a blob in the air. But after a while, it sort of like finds his stability and is able to maintain some kind of decent flight. Some of you are in that place right now. You're not flying high yet, but you're flying. You're not flying as high as you want, but you have some kind of stability, some kind of balance. I want to prophesy in the minutes I have left that every fumbling wing, every broken wing, every fumbling feather is receiving strength you are receiving strength you are receiving divine energy you are receiving divine grace in the name of Jesus look at somebody say you are receiving strength Lord we proclaim that we begin to fly in this month of March and beyond all through the rest of this year we receive flight power flying power the ability and the grace to fly mando pereketala we begin to spread our wings and we begin to fly somebody throw up your hands and begin to pray Lord I will not stay on the ground I will not be limited I will not be held down in a hell hole I will not be bound and shackled I spread my wings it says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength They shall mount up with wings as of eagles. They shall mount up with wings. It's time to mount up. 
You've been walking. Some of you have been running. Can you drive it in prayer? It's time to fly. I'm flying now. I'm flying now. Yes, yes. Let it out. Spread your wings. I know you haven't used those wings in a long time. I know you haven't prayed all night in a long time. I know you've not laid hands on the sick in a long time. I know you've not preached on the boss in a long time. But if you spread those wings, you will fly again. If you spread those wings, you will fly. And God knows the ability of those wings. He knows that they can so fly. Have you noticed that no matter how long birds live, they don't have to go for wing surgery? It's the same wings. They just need to be developed. Those same wings in prayer. Your prayer breath just needs to be developed. Your discernment just needs to be developed. Your selflessness just needs to be developed. Let's raise our hands in a few one or two minutes and really just pray that say Lord I'm spreading my wings again I'm spreading my wings again spreading my wings again I'm spreading my wings spreading my wings spreading my wings you've still got it woman of God you've still got it man of God you've still got it young people you've still got it middle ages you've still got it that's the same God. Spread those wings. Eunice and Esther, spread those wings. Mr. Temi, spread those wings. Lamedes, spread those wings and fly again.
nation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.